Hi everybody. Hey, just so thankful that you are here again um, watching or listening to what I have to present to you each week. And um, first of all, I thought I'd just share a couple of updates within um, the Turning the Page groupy thingy community. So uh, this last week, I have uh, launched a Turning the Page community, which is new and exciting. So this is... Um, like an online community for people who want to be part of um, turning the page so we can get to meet each other very different to Facebook uh, so it's um, uh, it's a lot more private <laughs> I suppose to put it that way Facebook is not going to watch you um, and collect data from you it's uh, totally enclosed within the turning the page uh, ecosystem as such and uh, if you want to find out more just come over to turning the page .co.nz and you'll find on the uh, website a tab which says community and you can you can um, join up there. Um, the other thing is when you do come over to turning the page website again uh, you'll notice it looks quite different to what it has done in the past and this has actually been done so we can actually have that community uh, function happening and it's quite a new look it's a more modern look um, and I quite like it and I hope you do too. But today's post is really about secrets and um, I've titled it The Secret Questions of a Secret Life and you know many of us you know we carry secret questions and we're just hungry for answers and we need someone safe, uh, someone secure uh, in themselves yet vulnerable to listen to us well and I remember you know quite a it's, it's a painful story for me because I shared something of myself <clears throat> with a pastor and then he used it in a sermon <laughs> and I felt really exposed you know I was once in this small group in a church where our pastor supposedly taught us how to be leaders in the church and uh, once a fortnight we'd meet um, talk with the pastor and um, fellow people who are doing the, the course about what was happening in their lives then he'd give us some teaching uh, perhaps a visiting speaker would chat with us and overall you know it was quite a good thing and I felt safe that was until the pastor used something that I shared in total privacy and he shared it as an illustration in a sermon now look most of the people in the church service that morning would not have associated the story with me he didn't say my name but there were enough people there to know that this illustration was about me and I felt exposed, angry, and violated. You know, you know, I'd given him my trust, and he used it, my struggle, for his gain. You know, I never trusted him again. And another story of exposure is similar, too. I, I shared something really deep with a pastor, and they, too, decided to share it with others. And then the whole story gained a momentum and a life of its own. You know, and I've concluded that some people shouldn't be in positions where they are to hold another's heart. They are not secure within themselves to keep such a fragile gift. Look, I've heard people's stories, you know, some pretty horrendous stories, and I still do, but I don't share them, you know, and I'll go to my grave with them. And um, fortunately, as one person said, I have a very good forgetter computer, so... I don't hold on to these things. They don't eat away of me.
but you know for many of us we have questions and struggles rolling around in our heads but we don't we don't want anyone to know and all the struggles internal you know if we disclose them then we're sure to be rejected dismissed abandoned and so we, we create an alternative life that is very secret we don't feel safe with the ones whom we're meant to feel safe with and we think we're the only ones with these struggles and if you're that person that's listening or watching this then I want to assure you that you're not the only one living a secret I think we all do to some degree you know we present to the world one face while all along we have another world in which we have unmentionable questions crazy thoughts and wild passions but we have no one safe to express that internal drama and so we're stuck um, and then we, what we do is we, we type our questions into Google and um, we scour the screens you know for answers and we sicken ourselves with comparatonitis we might even send a postcard to at least tell the universe and what I'm referring to here is this website called Post Secret where you could send a completely anonymous postcard um, with your deepest secrets and they will publish it you know it hasn't got your name on it but I've got a couple of examples on the website and one of them is of a person getting baptized outside and um, there's a there's a person watching and on the um, postcard it's typed every Sunday I pretend that I'm Christian so there's a person uh, sending the message out there that that they're pretending to be a Christian on Sundays they might be thinking other things well <laughs> there's a wonderful story of a man in the Bible who had this dilemma you know he didn't want the exposure but he still had lots of questions and <laughs> actually every kid in Sunday school probably has memorized the answer he got his name was Nicodemus and he was someone who was supposed to have all the answers you know the religious answers and his role in society in Jesus day was that of a Pharisee and he was a keeper of the religion but then uh, <laughs> as typical you know Jesus came along and he threw the rule book up in the air and instead talked about relationships and we find the story of Nicodemus in the Bible in three places all actually in the book of John which is interesting in it of itself because John was the lover um, but the first is when Nicodemus came to see Jesus and by night and that's a really important phrase and here's the passage now there was a Pharisee a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council and he came to Jesus at night and said rabbi we know that you're a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Now, it's interesting to see that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He didn't want to be seen connecting with the Christ, but he was hungry with questions. And, you know, so many of us are like Nicodemus. We're just hungry with questions, but if they were to be told, we could lose our social ranking, our status, safety, even our family and our friends. You know, if we risk we risk exposure if we show ourselves. Well, the next time we meet Nicodemus is when he is defending Jesus' right to free speech. 
And here's the passage. Uh, Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, their own number being the Pharisees, who were having a go at Jesus, asked the Pharisees, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? So here he is. He's, he's actually saying, Hold on, I just want to clarify something here. Lee. I, I'm going to defend Jesus on this. I, I want to hear him. So he's, he's sort of coming out you know, and saying, Okay, come on, I'm going to defend this. And then the final time, and this is this is amazing, is when he cares for the crucified body of Jesus. And we find it in John 19. And interesting point is that he is joined by another secret servant, you know, another person who had a lot to fear. And here's the passage later. Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. Well, there's a lot of fear going on, isn't there? And with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier had visited Jesus at night. Look, here's John saying, <laughs> this is a significant fact about Nicodemus. He visited Jesus at night. So Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds. And, you know, this was to um, wrap Jesus' body. They didn't, you know, cared for Jesus' body. And so, taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. Both men, living in fear, were the ones to touch the crucified body of Jesus. The secret servants. Amazing, eh? It's amazing. Uh, look, are you living in fear of something or someone? You know, the body of Christ welcomes your attention. Uh, look, by the way, note that Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds. Now that's 34 kilos for us who use metrics like myself. Uh, nothing secret about this man's love for Jesus. That would have been a heavy load, but also quite a, um, a substantial volume. You know, um, yeah, it would have been quite something. Quite noticeable, that's what I'm saying. Look, I, I want to connect with people living in fear of exposure. You know, someone once wrote on my whiteboard, Will I be loved if they knew the real me? Uh, living in fear. Um, and we could add other questions of exposure. Uh, will I be loved if they find out about my porn addiction? Will I be loved if they find out about my comfort eating? Will I be loved if they find out about me getting help? Will I be loved if I don't go to Sunday church anymore? <laughs> What's your secret that you fear exposure of? Uh, and so we come by night looking for the connection. Yeah, and in the story of Nicodemus, yeah, we see a, like a, a story of spiritual formation. From the question said in private to being with another secret servant in the adornment of a dead body. Look, I imagine, I've <laughs> got this picture of Nicodemus sneaking through the dark alleys and streets. <laughs> and then finally he comes to the place where Jesus was having a rest. And he knocks on the door, you know, waits, he hides in the shadows. And the door opens and he, he quickly dashes in. Jesus and his followers looked to see a man, a Pharisee. And they wonder, and, and he has questions himself. Uh, is it safe to speak? 
uh, is there a traitor in the room? You know, uh, yeah, he moves close to Jesus, just close enough for him to and Jesus, and probably John, because John was Jesus' closest friend, I think. And he, so he moves close into Jesus, and with a whisper, he begins his carefully prepared question. But you know, Jesus, typical Jesus, throws him a question about his question, and it's a style of like opening up the heart for a deeper connection. You know, and Jesus is a master at the style of meeting the heart. And by the way, Jesus still throws us questions that invite us to walk on water. <sighs> you know, and when we come to with our deeper secrets to God, we come to one who is fully aware of the whole of our story. God knows more about us and our story than we know ourselves. Therefore, nothing surprises God. Nothing will shock him them. God is not one to expose us to the darkness and the frigidity of nakedness. They clothe us with compassion and love. They, they envelop us with community. They don't throw us to the opinions and judgments of humanity. They don't have a judge's gavel ready to fall upon the tenderness of a secret. Look, I, I need someone to welcome all my mystery, all those secrets, questions and fears. Not someone to spread the word and to pick up a microphone. I've, I've been there and I've done, had that and it hurts. I also don't want someone to give me a quick answer, you know, the textbook solution. More so, I want someone to explore the secrets and offer me other questions that journey me down new paths. And isn't that what Jesus did with so many? You know, he spoke in parables, stories about wheat and wind, hidden treasures, lost coins... Yeah, you know, stories were told, you know, and they confused those who were listening with, with logic. But to those who were listening with a heart, a hungry heart, there was just an allurement, a desire for more. <laughs> so how does it work here on turning the page? You know, do you fear exposure? Well, how it works here is that you can knock on my door anytime by sending me an email. It's as private as that. Barry at turningthepage.co.nz Easy. Also, you can access all the books, courses, conversations with me on a pay-what-you-want basis, which includes free. Because someone, you, you may be a person that has someone watching your bank account and you don't want them to know. See, I am trusting <clears throat> in a God of bigger economic providence than what humanity is constraining itself to. You can come out of the dark here. You don't need to be alone anymore. Hey, here's some quotes for you to think about. Grace shows up when logic breaks down. Richard Raw. Love acts like a giant magnet that pulls out of us like iron filings. Every recorded injury, every scar. Terence Real. Integrity is often a willingness to hold the dark side of things instead of reacting against them, denying them or projecting them elsewhere, uh, projecting our anxiety elsewhere. Richard Raw. And Larry Crabb says that sensitive listeners respond to comments with words that convey an interest in hearing more, sentences that open the door to information. Words that open doors transmit two messages. One. I'm interested in whatever you have to say. Two, 
I'll accept you regardless of what you say. Question. Where have you felt exposed? Number two. What are the secrets that you want to have someone listen to with openness and love? And three. What would it be like to be in the room where Jesus and Nicodemus are in conversation? Ooh, that's another, another room I just like to be in, just watching, listening in, seeing all the non-verbals going on, seeing all the puzzlement, the, the love. <laughs> hey, um, send me an email. Love to get to know you, uh, your responses, your questions, your secrets. Uh, I'm not going to share them anywhere else. And um, it's barry at turningthepage.co.nz. And just an, another big thank you to everyone who who supports what we're doing here, either through Patreon or through other ways. Um, just so thankful for you, and may you just know God's providence towards you in the way you do that. Hey, until next week, I love you, and please, i just love to hear from you. Okay, bye.